We've been learning about faith as a church over the past few weeks. Uh, week one, uh, we asked the question, what is faith? Week two, uh, we looked at the fact that God was faithful first, and we heard from Sharon and her powerful testimony. Uh, the week after that, uh, we um, looked at living by faith, and, uh, and we heard from Jeff and Julie Jewett about their story. Uh, last week, um, we looked at the had the intersection between uh, faith and doubt. And we heard uh, Sarah share really powerfully about uh, you know, where, um, how faith and doubt work themselves out in, in her life. And uh, over these next few weeks, we will be hearing more stories from folks in our community and from our missionaries as well. But this week, I'm excited because we're starting kind of, uh, it's, it's a two-week sub-series um, about praying by faith, praying in faith. And, uh, and so I'm thrilled to introduce to you my younger brother, Josh, who's sharing with us from Wales. Hi, guys in Cornerstone. I just want to thank you so much for the honour it is to, to be able to preach to you today. Um, before I preach, I just want to say a prayer, if that's all right. Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that I am able to preach to my brothers and sisters in Canada. I thank you, Lord God, for the technology that is able to do this. And Lord, I just pray that you help me to preach with clarity. I also pray, Lord God, that you'll be able to communicate what it is that you want to speak to them today. And Lord, I just pray that it will be for your glory and for the benefit and edification of them. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So my aim for this sermon is with God's grace is to help encourage you, my brothers and sisters in Christ across the pond. My hope and prayer is by the end that you will be praying to God by faith. And I hope to accomplish this by putting faith back into the wonder that is prayer. Prayer, in my opinion, is without a doubt the most remarkable thing we as Christians can be a part of and do. That we as small, minute human beings can communicate with the incomprehensible, everlasting and almighty God. However, I too also know by experience, even quite recently, that we can sometimes struggle to find time to pray. And we put it on the back burner of our increasingly busy lives. Sometimes we even doubt if our prayers are heard or answered. And if we are honest, our prayer lives can seem dry, insipid and monotonous. And we can even lose our faith in prayer. However, my aim over the next two sermons is to stoke the fire of faith in the engine room that is prayer. This great engine that drives forward both the individual Christian's life as well as the overall advance of the kingdom. I will look to address this with the following four P's of prayer. First, we have the privilege of prayer. Second, we have the promise of prayer. Thirdly, the power of prayer. And fourthly, the plea of prayer. For this sermon, we are just going to address the four, first two, the privilege and the promise of prayer. So first, the privilege of prayer. I want to put forward to you having a high view of who God is instills within us faith in prayer. Do we ever consider what a privilege it is to pray? Do we take time to actually ponder of whom it is that we pray to? When we shut that door and get on our knees, do we take time to think of whom it is that we are addressing? 
that we have an actual audience with the great I am, the Lord God Almighty, the great and wonderful Jehovah, with him who spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, the one who holds the gargantuan sun and all the planets within the palm of his hand, the one who has raised great and terrible nations to the ground and has laid desolate, triumphant cities, to the one who has made dead bones come alive. That right now we pray to him who sustains the very breath coming in and out of our lungs, who has sewn together the fabric of our bodies together and to whom the whole orchestra of nature performs its complex tune. That we pray to him who the whole host of heaven is currently bowed to in reverent worship and adoration. To him who has legion upon legions of angels awaiting his bidding and who is cloaked with unapproachable light. The omniscient, omnipotent and omnipresent God who has governed history, rules over humanity and who has vanquished death once and for all. The all-powerful, all-wonderful and three times holy God. Let that just sink in for a moment. Let us just splendor at his majesty. This glorious and terrifyingly awesome Lord God of hosts. I just want to share with you a couple of statistics about the sun, just to give you a little perspective of how great our God truly is. Firstly, do you know that the earth can fit into the sun one million times? Think about that, one million times. And secondly, with each passing second, this same sun admits energy equivalent to one trillion Hiroshima atom bombs. With each passing second, that same bomb that decimated an entire city in World War II times a trillion is the energy that is emitted from the sun. And here we have our God holding the sun within the palm of his hand. Does this not just fill you with awe? Does this not just fill you with faith and confidence in us having an audience with God? What a privilege it truly is that we can come before this God and pray to him and ask him for aid. I just want us to think for a moment what it would be like to know if we had the ear of the President of the United States that we had an unlimited access to the Oval Office and could pull up a chair and have dialogue with him. Not only this, but we would have his full backing and full support to have all his connections throughout the world and have his power and authority at our disposal to help with all our needs. How would that make you feel? The honour, the privilege and also the confidence, right? I think you would feel like you would never have to be worried ever again. So many people have sacrificed their lives and the whole trajectory of their career path purely focused on getting one foot in the door of that Oval Office to get an audience with the President. So I'm asking you, how much more faith should we have? How much more of a privilege should we truly think it that we don't merely have the ear of the President of the United States? No. But we actually have an audience with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who has every single government on the entire earth upon his shoulders, 
that we have the foot in the door to the throne room of him in whom every knee shall bow and confess that he is Lord. What's even more amazing is we don't have to slave away our lives to get an audience with this God. We don't have to make a career path out of just trying to get our foot in the door. No. And do you know why? It's because of Jesus and him striving on our behalf and what he did for us on the cross in our place that means that we who believe in him and are called by his name can come freely, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace as God's children. Just think of that for a moment. We're not in front of the president, no, but we can come before the Lord God Almighty in true boldness and freedom, that we have this great privilege of having an audience with Almighty God. Does this not just astound you? Does this not just blow your mind? This is such a privilege for us, guys. God is our refuge and strength, a well-proven help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her in the early dawn. The nations roared, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, see the works of the Lord, who makes desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts off the spear. He burns the chariot of fire. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You see what this psalm is saying? It's saying it doesn't matter how troublesome the world looks, how impossible the situation, how great and terrifying the enemy may seem, or even if this very world looks like it is going to end, God is our refuge. God is even more terrifying. That God will lay desolate any opposition to him and that this invincible, immortal God is our refuge. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and he will always be victorious. And make no doubt about it, he will be exalted among the nations and he will be exalted in the earth. My dad is one of these remarkably gifted and applied men. All throughout my life, it has been one of those things. If I can't do it, find dad and he'll know what to do. In Wales, we have this quiz show and it's called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And if you don't know the answer to the question, you have three lifelines. You have first, phone a friend. Second, take away two answers. Or third, you can ask the audience for answers. If my life was a game show, I wouldn't need three lifelines. I would just need the one, and that would be Ask Dad. I don't fret when things look hopeless, 
As long as I can get hold of dad, I know things will be sorted. I have full confidence or faith in the capability of the one who I am asking help from. So how much more faith should we have when we come before God for help and guidance? The great and almighty God for whom nothing, and I mean nothing, is impossible. As it says in Psalm 121, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Guys, having a high view of God can help us have faith in prayer. No matter how big the storm in life, no matter how terrifying that that tempest is, all of us as children are invited to abide in the eye of the storm where there is stillness and peace. And we can have this through prayer in the knowledge that he is all powerful and that he does what is best for his children. Through this faith in him, we are invited to abide in the eye of any storm that life throws at us. So when we pray, guys, let us not put limitations on God, but let us come before him who knows no end, who has seen all things and rules over all. And let us pray in faith and be still and know that he is God and he can do all things. So I hope that I have given you this high view of who God is and what a privilege it is to us to pray to him. And I hope this puts fire back into the faith, into praying God-sized prayers. So secondly, we have the promise of prayer. The promise of prayer being both pleasing and pivotal to God's chosen design. So that is the, that the promise of prayer is both pleasing and pivotal to God's chosen design. For this, we are going to turn to Revelations 5, verses 6 to 8, where it depicts Jesus as the lamb who was slain. But let us give context to this, this picture um, before we actually focus on 6 to 8. So just to give context, what we see is this incredible scene unfolding of this great and triumphant Jesus standing as a lamb who was slain. He takes the, the scroll out of God's hand with authority as the only one in heaven and on earth worthy to do so. In this, in this passage, it mentions the number seven a lot. And in biblical symbolism, seven refers to completion or fullness, such as God created the world in seven days. That was the completion of God's creation. So when it mentions seven in this, we are knowing it's talking about God's completion. So in this passage, it talks about Jesus, the lamb who was slain, having seven horns. And horns in the Bible refers to power. So when it says it has seven horns, this depicts Jesus' complete power or his omnipotence. Then we have seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to the earth, depicting his omniscience and his omnipresence, his full sight and his full presence throughout this world. What is it trying to say in this passage with all these seven horns and eyes and spirits? It is saying that Jesus is all-powerful, all-knowing, and that he is everywhere. This passage is showing that Jesus is God. This is a truly Christ-exalting, God-glorifying and triumphant scene being painted here to John in Revelation. However, the text I want to focus on is in the next verse afterwards, after this picture is being painted. And it says this in verse 8. 
When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So this is the bit I'm focusing on and the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Sometimes we know in life how important someone is just by their affiliation with someone who is actually deemed important. For instance, if we saw someone sitting next to the Queen of England at a meal, we would, we would deem that person important just for being sat next to the Queen, right? So looking at this text, I would argue just how important our prayers must be to God with the fact that they are affiliated with his incredible vision of Jesus Christ. This image being painted in Revelation 5 is the pinnacle of God's glorious plan. Jesus, the slain and risen lamb, being the only one who has the authority to take the scrolls of God's sovereign plan out of his hand. And then in the very same paragraph and in this very same vision, we have the prayers of the saints. So just by looking at this vision and what is included in this, this just su suggests to me how important prayers are to God. It also describes the prayers as being incense or a pleasing aroma to God. And incense in the Old Testament is used as a form of worship. So these prayers are a form of worship to God. Moreover, it talks about these prayers being stored up in golden bowls. And do you know what? Gold signifies worth and importance. In our family, we have special cutlery that we bring out when special guests come over. It's flawless and shiny. And we bring it out to communicate the honour it is for us to be able to host our prestigious guests. So I would say that, that with this fact that our prayers, that they're, that they're not being stored up in clay or bronze or silver, but the fact that they're stored up in golden bowls, the finest and rarest of metals, just indicates their importance with God, to God. I also love in this vision that they are stored up and kept safe in bowls, right? They're not thrown on the floor. They're not chucked in the bin. No, they are collected in bowls. They are stored up for God to use. I just want to say in an analogy, have you ever been to a water park before? And have you ever seen that apparatus which has those large buckets of water uh, up ahead? And inside there's, there's water trickling uh, into these buckets. And then eventually... These, these buckets fill up with water and just as they come near to the top, the weight of the bucket ends up tipping all the water out and a deluge of water cascades out and drowns the people beneath. I see this image is quite similar to the image we see with these bowls, with these stored up prayers that they are being stored up and one day they will pour out. So whatever you are praying into, keep praying into it. Keep persevering, whether it is a loved one to be saved, a miracle to happen in the workplace, a family to be restored and reconciled, or an entire nation to receive the gospel for the first time. Keep praying. Keep adding trickles of water, knowing that your prayers are being stored up in golden bowls. And one day, maybe tomorrow, maybe two weeks, in 10 years, or even after you're gone, that that one day in the future will become a today, a today. One day will be that last prayer and that last trickle of water will be enough to tip that bucket and God will act and answer and pour out his power and blessing through that prayer. 
and a deluge of divine power will work through our answered prayers of the saints. So keep your faith in prayer and keep your faith in the promise that God is going to use them. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks to the Lord in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Guys, this is the will of this almighty God for us, is that we pray continually. So I just say, don't give up. I want to wrap up this sermon of putting faith back into prayer by telling you, about what God has done in my life through the persistence and the promise of prayer. After all, you guys don't really know me, but I want to encourage you to pray in faith by sharing some of my very own story. As you know, I am Dan's little brother from Wales and I have only known Christ for about four years. I spent all my life quite depressed and feeling lonely and my life was pretty much hopeless. When I went to university, I got into drugs, I got into drink and all the precarious and worldly lifestyle. I hung around philosophy students who were all atheists and I too became a very hardened atheist and hater of God. I live completely for myself and to all my family and loved ones, I must have looked completely lost. I asked to argue with my brother Daniel, pastor and my parents and my sister and I would swear to them with everything that I was, that I would drop dead before believing in their God. I would insult both God and their faith to them and say it was nothing but a crutch and a fairy tale to believe in. There was absolutely no way that I was going to be saved. In any case, I would rather have believed in anything other than this God because of my pride than eat humble pie in regards to my family proving that I was wrong by them being right. I'm telling you, there would have been more luck of grabbing hold of a cloud than seeing me become a Christian. However, my family and the people from my childhood continued to pray for me. And one day, that's where our impossible God answered their prayers and did the most unconceivable of things by turning my hard heart into one of flesh. One day, all my animosity toward God and towards the faith turned into curiosity. My repelling turned into questioning and my heart was on the search for God. Or should I say, God had started to call this rebellious heart to him. I began reading books and listening to sermons on the way to work and watching documentaries. And then one, one night it culminated into this one event whilst talking to Dan and I ended up giving my life to the Lord. Since then, the Lord has turned this angry rebel into a man who is seeking after his heart. He has healed my wounds. He has freed me of bondages and freed me from all the drugs and drink and all the other baggage that came from the world. He has created in me a heart to evangelize and to lift up his name to people, something that I would have laughed at and wouldn't be dead doing, wouldn't be seen dead doing. And God's, and God willing, uh, in June, I am going to be starting a pioneer uh, missions training program to go and share the gospel to unreached people groups throughout the world. This is the power of God and answered prayer in my life. Guys, I am the proof of the pudding. There is a verse in Joel 
where it says, so I will restore the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. And this verse could be the motto of my life over the last four years since knowing God. He took my hopeless life and has restored every single part of it. But guys, I cannot stress this enough. This was all done on the back of a mountain's worth of prayer. Diligent prayers over the years from my family, long nights of crying from my mum and others in my family. And even after I was saved, I found out that I had prayer warriors who I didn't even know personally. Or if I did know them, I hadn't even thought about them for years and they had been praying for me. Guys, I want to encourage you with this, that your prayers are not in vain. Believe, have faith in prayer. If there is someone you used to pray for, or if there is, or if there is, or there is someone else and you have stopped, or maybe there is someone that you are currently praying for and you're losing hope in praying for them, just don't, don't lose faith. Keep pressing in, keep praying because God is all powerful and God can do all things and he listens and acts through our prayers. Guys, we have to remember to God or for God, there is no degree of changing difficulty for answering prayer. No prayer is more arduous for him to answer. No prayer is harder for him to grant or to act upon. Whether it is to provide money for clothes or if it is for him to save an entire nation, neither is more difficult for our God to perform, since all things are possible to him, for he is all-powerful. All we need to know is simply that he hears. And guys, I just want you to think about it yourselves. Is there a prayer that you know that God has answered, even if it's the smallest prayer? Well, then you know that he hears. So if he hears and has answered that small prayer, then let us have faith that he can answer our biggest and our most crazy of prayers. In fact, the more crazy the prayer, the more God glorifying it is because we let go of our strength and we hold solely onto his. So just, yeah, if you have big prayers, start praying them because it gives glory to our God and he works through those kinds of prayers. So I hope with this message today, through seeing the privilege of this truly awesome God, the one who holds this gargantuan son in the, in the palm of his hand, the one who has been over all, who has laid desolate um, countries, that this same almighty God, I just pray that seeing the privilege that we have in him and the promise that our prayers are not in vain, but are actually being stored up, that this has begun to stoke the fire of faith into that engine room that is prayer. I just want to finish with this. In the film Gladiator, there is this scene at the start where the hero of the film, Maximus Decimus Meridius, is uh, making a rallying cry to his soldiers. And he says this, what we do in life echoes into eternity. I'll say that again. What we do in life echoes into eternity. Guys, this is so true. Guys, the prayers that we cry out to the Lord now echo into eternity. So I just say to us, let's start praying. Father, Lord, I just want to thank you so much that you are truly awesome and powerful and almighty God. 
I want to thank you, Lord, that we can come before you and nothing is too difficult for you. That we can come knowing that you love us and that we are invited to come boldly before the throne of grace because of what Jesus has done in our place. Lord, I also thank you that you listen to our prayers, that you act on our prayers and that you work and purpose your work of salvation through them. Lord, I just pray that you will really bless my brothers and sisters with faith this week to get back on their knees and to come before your almighty name and to start praying in faith these big impossible prayers. And I just pray, Father, that they will start to see you move in incredible ways for the glory of your name. I ask this in Jesus' name and for your glory's sake. Amen.